Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring and motivating life-changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to The Prosperity Project. You might have caught on YouTube recently, Will Smith released a documentary called The Best Shape of My Life. He's actually just released a memoir after his name. And in today's podcast, we're going to take away some of the key insights from reading his memoir, from seeing him live talk about his book, and what can we learn as normal people, if you like, from somebody else in the limelight, what they have learned through their own journey as well. So in the past month, Matt and I actually got an opportunity to go down to London together. We got a sneaky 24 hours going from Glasgow down to London because we managed to get tickets to see Will Smith, the very famous American actor who's had quite a lengthy career, no doubt we'll talk about in this podcast. We actually got a chance to be part of an audience with him, his only UK date. And both of us had actually watched the documentary recently put out on YouTube. It was called The Best Shape of My Life. And it was basically charting his up and downs of losing weight, 20 pounds over 20 weeks, but also writing his memoir of his life so far. And the book covers some of the key chronological events that happened to him from childhood up to present day, including two marriages and the birth of his three children. So neither of us actually read his book. We listened to it for the most part when we were travelling down to London to see him and on the way back. And I listened to some of the audiobook before I'd even started on the trip, just because... I've always been interested in what Will Smith's up to and he's definitely been in the media over the recent years with some challenges in his life and his marriage and things like that. So it was quite interesting to just listen through his stories and see what he's had to overcome and kind of where he's come from. And also he's been in the press and in the media a lot recently because of this documentary on YouTube. So you, you kind of get to see little hints and snippets of stuff, if you've been online at all, about some of the bits and pieces that he covers in the book. Now, when we went to London, we saw him live. He was on stage for, I think, about two hours or so. Yep, two hours. And he yep. was just having a chit-chat. But what you find when you go to one of these kind of book tour talks is that you end up having covered the same kind of things which are big themes within the book. And because we'd also watched a documentary, then you end up with some of those points that were quite key in there. Yep. Also coming up in the conversation on stage. But it was a really entertaining show, really enjoyed it. And actually, we've got a video that mentions it and talks about Kempson it a little bit House on the Kempson channel. House channel. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so you can so, leave that below. <laughs> so if you want to see anything about that, then you can go to the Kempson House channel and take a look at that video. But overall, the talk was really good. And I think both of us gained various bits of insight from the book. There are mm -hmm. a few things that we found resonated quite well with us as far as um, either things that we have in place mm. or things that kind of reminded us of how we want to move our way forwards. Because a lot of his points really are about how he's overcome things, how things have shaped his mindset and his journey and how it helped him moving forward to the next steps of his career. So this was definitely, I think, one of the only a handful of autobiographies I've ever listened to. And you did say that we actually listened to the majority of it on the way down and up on the drive. But what we watched the documentary before going, so we kind of got some of the key stories that he was going to share um, on the book tour. But I don't think I really recall that many autobiographies as part of my past reading at all. So actually for me to get involved or 
read the majority or listen to the majority of an autobiography I find really engaging actually rather than it be simply a personal development book or something it was good to actually have somebody's full life or you know their life lived so far and some of the key things the structure of it was quite interesting I think that's why we felt it'd be a really interesting podcast as well he had styled the book under key emotions. So each chapter has the name of the driving feeling or driving experience that he had during that part of his life. So it starts pretty much from childhood, goes all the way through the career before he was an actor, which of course, if you're like us, um, you might remember him as being a rapper and things like that. I didn't quite know how extensive his musical career was before he was in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but then him then being an actor and a movie actor and probably one of the highest paid actors of our generation thing that was really quite insightful to see the backstory of where someone's come from as well but what I am inspired by him and certainly the way he carries himself is he always strives for better and that's one of the things that I really got this sense of I think it's a man who was very aware of some of the challenges some of the the things that could have been setbacks in his life but it kept the book kept feeling like or certainly when he's describing what happened he's got the wisdom aspect of why things happened and I think that comes from clarity of always working on your autobiography a little bit you're trying to put these you know pieces of your life together like a jigsaw and you know that as we cover in the podcast that brick by brick laying actually a foundation to what comes next and he actually called out that he thought he was the most happiest and the most content he's ever been now regardless of all the stuff that's happened and all maybe the ups and downs so I thought that was quite beautiful that he thinks that actually the past 52 years have now been the crescendo to what lies ahead. Well I probably believe that when you're writing this kind of book that what happens is that you uncover some of those things and you explore them further whilst you're writing and you will come to conclusions and insights that maybe you didn't have before. Mm. It's only through the process of actually analysing things that you end up going through how the emotions set you up for the rest of your life and then maybe like that kind of puzzle where you're there and you have all the pieces and some of them make sense. You've maybe got certain parts of it with clarity. Yep. But then only as you're writing do you suddenly start to notice that the knock-on effect has occurred and one thing affects something else, affects something else, which means that it kind of ties together maybe more than you ever realise, but only through review and analysis does it do that. So let's go over some of the things that we learned, some of the key points that stood out to us, because there there were a lot of good points in there. But there are a few that really stood out. Particularly with prosperity. So yeah. um, if we try and like learn from his life experience, what we can take on board. The first thing that really stuck out, the main story, and you'll see this on the YouTube series as well. They actually kind of do quite a lot of focus on it. His relationship with his father was definitely dynamic. I think there was a lot of heartache in their family. It it does end up being that basically his mum and dad split up at one point. But one of the key stories that he talks about is building a wall brick by brick. So the story goes that I think he was quite young, like 10. He was 8. His brother was 10. That's it. It was something like that. They were very young. They were about our boy's age, right? And and they were tasked to rebuild a crumbling wall. Yes. So the wall was taken away. Yeah, it was the shop front. His father had a shop and that's what they were building. Yeah, so he was running like a refrigeration shop and things like that. So um, they needed to rebuild this wall. And rather than pay for someone to get it done, instead his dad put the two kids, so him and his brother, eight and ten years old, (laughs) to build this wall. And they'd never done anything like that. So 
they were sent out to go and build it. And so they did. So it took them a long, long time. I think it took them a year, didn't it? It took them a year in total. But the whole point was that they were out there just doing the work after school and on weekends. There was no summer holiday. There was no anything. It was just work on it. And one day, him and his brother were quite despondent, looking at it and saying, this thing's never going to get done. Yep. And then the story goes that his dad came out and said, there is no wall. Mm, Yep. There's just this one brick, this brick here. You lay the brick perfectly and then you do it again. You pick up another brick and you lay the next brick. There is no wall. And I think the highlight from that really is that sometimes we get so focused on trying to achieve something. Mm, We get so focused on trying to get a particular pay rise or make a business that earns a certain amount of money or lose a particular amount of weight. Yep. Yep. And really it comes down to just focusing on the smaller challenges and goals. small increment, yep. If you're looking to lose some weight and let's say you want to lose two stone, well, don't focus on two stone. Focus on losing a pound. Mm, Focus on what you need to do to lose one pound. And then once you've done that, then repeat and lose another pound. Mm. Never focus mm-hmm. on the full suite of what you want to change. Instead, focus on just that one small step because each small step gets you closer to the goal. Yep. yep. So I, I think it was a very valuable story. And we covered things like it mm. before on the podcast, talking about like the Kaizen, the 1% yep. change, yep. the small steps you can make yep. to something, yep. not looking at things with such a massive daunting kind of presence about it but actually breaking it down into component parts Mm. and just tackling those small pieces means that everything suddenly becomes a lot more manageable Mm. because anybody can lay one brick yep anybody can spend a bit of time and lose a pound anybody can try to earn themselves an extra five pounds in a month anybody can do those things Mm -hmm. and then how committed you are really determines how many times you repeat that to get to something much bigger. Yes, absolutely. And you called it out. If you think about the wall to those two kids, that wall at that front of that shop seemed impossible. Like, and if you told it, you know, as a child, what it's going to take you a year to build something, you're not going to show up after the first. Tell an adult that it's going to take a year. But I loved the fact that it, he, Will Smith, actually shared that there's not a single week probably that goes past where he doesn't recall that phrase from his dad. His dad's passed away now a couple of years, but he recalls him saying, "Just lay one brick, you know, one brick perfectly." And I think that was really echoed in a lot of his work ethic. I think some of the times that striving for laying perfectly can lead to obsessive action a little bit you know making sure it's perfect we cover this on the podcast about it doesn't need to be perfect it's just all about doing it as best as you can right there but that was and it's it's really great it's an analogy now that i think is quite stuck in my head i can imagine this this wall getting built because you know they say rome wasn't built in a day and it really is piece by piece and that led me on to the second point that i took away from will's memoir was actually that 
he's almost as human as we all are. So I remember the story about him not paying his taxes and I was thinking, ah, so he's just like everyone else who maybe isn't good at managing money and all these things. And although his family situation wasn't poverty, I think there was a lack of financial education. His dad was a businessman. I think his mum worked a couple of jobs, if I'm right. Certainly she was working as well. But I don't believe there was the long-term habits with money. And so Will Smith jokes that they actually made something very quickly when they were rappers him and jazzy jeff they made three million dollars in the space of like a year or two years very very quickly and it wasn't that will forgot to pay his taxes he just chose not to pay his taxes and i thought that is you know such a, a kind of maybe when you're learning how to deal with money a lot of us can relate that it all comes so quick and you you almost get frightened to do or give away money or frightened to do the things we should do with our money because it's just suddenly we're thinking about all the excitement we can have with it and you know what stuff can i buy and he bought cars and a home and all that and ends up being they had to sell those to pay off the tax bill you know to make a recovery and i think we often see that particularly when young people get wealthy quickly and they haven't had any backbone of how to handle money i think you do see those bumps in the roads where you've got a little bit of a life lesson to learn as well then i see it as when people like myself um, when you're in a position where you can get credit cards. Mm-hmm. So you know that you have to pay it back. You know there's either monthly payments or eventually you ideally want to clear that balance. Yep. So you're aware of the repercussions, but you almost put it off to the side because you're more focused on the now. Yeah, the now, living so, up, yeah. although at first I couldn't really relate to, you know you have bills to pay, mm. you know there's a tax bill. It's not like you're avoiding it because you're not aware of it. Yep. Um, but actually you just didn't pay it. <laughs> but then when I think about that credit card situation and knowing you got to pay it, but still spending the money anyway, mm-hmm. then it suddenly makes more sense. And I think that there's so many of us that don't really have that backbone of experience with money or knowledge with money that we can make poor choices. And even though we know there's something we need to do about it at some point, it seems far off. It seems mm. like maybe it will sort itself or that no one will chase you for it or whatever it happens to be. But then he ended up in a situation where he had nothing. Yep. yep. So he sold his cars, his houses. And also, um, after all of that, he still had no money to his name at that point, And he still had to pay the tax man yep. even more money. I think it took him about three years oh, wow, wow. to kind of clear himself off yep. with the IRS because he racked up such a big bill and obviously Mm. he's got to pay it and then he's as his career is taken back off again then he's got to pay the new tax bills so it just proves that no matter who you are no matter where you come from yeah unless you're getting some kind of financial knowledge and experience Mm. you can bury your head in the sand and make poor choices with your money which will come back and bite you eventually. Absolutely. The next thing that I really learned from it was, and I've touched upon this as at the intro, everyone has a backstory that you're not aware of. And I think sometimes with celebrities and that kind of culture that we have in modern society, celebrities are seen as almost like mini gods. Like they've obviously, and I say that almost like they've been plucked out of obscurity over an success. They've got all the money, they've got all the time, they've got all the luxuries. And it actually 
gave me quite a lot of insight into there's a lot of things that people have usually had to overcome. There's not a lot of people who actually make success in the particular field or creative art that they, they're in now without having some experiences that they've had to get through or problems to overcome. And I really found it interesting about his backstory and the dynamics of his family, like it being abusive, his father was an alcoholic and that dynamic and having to, you know, Will says that he had to learn to be the joker to keep his dad happy. But again, that kind of survival instinct as a kid has actually been the very thing that's blessed him. And he's used a talent as best as he could and not let it stop him. You know, some people could be stuck in that childhood experience, but actually he then used it to then be what he is today. But the interesting thing about that is that he used humour mm. in order to counteract a problem, but then that humour over the course of time, that kind of keeping people happy, created another problem. Mm. So actually the next point I had is around external validation. Yep. So he, for his whole life, was looking for validation from others that he was making them happy. He was yes, resolving yep, yep. challenges. So on the one hand, where it resolved his kind of backstory and issues... What it did long term was that he was always seeking that kind of high of validation from others, making sure that everyone's happy without mm. really focusing on the why or the where. Mm. And he was saying in his book that since he was 17, his first relationship was around 17. And up until now, yeah. he basically spent no more than about 15 days being single. Wow. And also throughout his career then he'd always been with somebody. Mm. So he'd had a manager from a very young age. He, When he toured early on, it was with other people. And then um, even up until kind of now, yeah. he was he would go around with about nine or ten other people wow. all the yep. time. Yep. So he was rarely alone. And he went on a trip where he ended up alone mm -hmm. for a little period of time and then went to be in a position where he purposely was on his own. And he didn't know how to deal with yep. it. Yeah, yeah. And he eventually gained some insight. But what's interesting is that when you're focused on receiving external validation, approval from others, always feeling like you're doing a good job by someone giving you a pat on the back or someone mm. giving the smile or the laugh or whatever it happens to be, that being by yourself can suddenly feel quite alien. It can mm. feel strange. And I think being by yourself is really valuable. Mm. So when yep. I did my little bike cycle yep. and yep. I was by myself for, it was three days, just all day. I had nothing to listen to um, just because the helmet and glasses didn't allow me to. Yep. But actually the amount of insight, and it's not even solid insight. You can't put your finger on what it is. You can't describe it. But yet you feel like it's it's offloaded your brain. It's mm -hmm. kind of like a form yep. of meditation. And you find that when you when do I go walks walking, as well, yeah, if you put I'll, nothing on. Yeah, and I'll purposefully do walks sometimes without anything. I call it like mental housekeeping. And I think I find in my daily life that there seems to be a lot of things want my attention constantly. And I think I've got better at actually needing the mental housekeeping of going, well, actually, what am I thinking? Because I think a lot of problem is we don't actually give ourselves space to think. It's a world we're living in is constant. Okay, how can I just feel good? Dopamine, right? So can I get a hit of dopamine from what I'm watching or a game or my phone or something, you know, internet? And, you know, your body 
just is always in that fight or flight syndrome almost it's this kind of mini stress and I find first thing I do I'll get up early in the morning is because I know that if I can just let my head get quiet time and breathe and settled then I'd like to think it makes me better (laughs) for everyone else but I do resonate like I think a lot of us grow up trying to people please because it's the natural instinct is you want your mum and dad to you know look after you and love you and I think certainly the way that society set up with school it's like okay do the right answer and you're validated if you think anything different or do something different it's not valid it's not okay so I think we drive quite a lot of culture which is people pleasing by default and then in adult life you've almost got to unlearn all that and kind of go well if I people please all the time, I'm not going to feel great, but also I'm not going to live the life that I want either. And it's about just allowing yourself the space to be mm. by yourself. Yep. I think a lot of people find it really uncomfortable. Yep. Yep. If you have the entire house go out for half a day, mm. then you're sitting there thinking, right, who can I phone? Who can I meet <laughs> with? What can I do? What can I watch? Yep. Rather than sitting at peace or going for a walk with mm. no distractions. And I still find it difficult. Mm-hmm. I, I find that I kind of want to be busy doing nothing or something. Yeah. But actually that space for the mental purge, being comfortable with yourself in that peaceful state is, is something I think we can all gain value mm. from. Yep. yep. If we're able to make that little bit of time here and there and allow ourselves to be uncomfortable but ride our way through it. Yeah, and that leads me on to the next point I took about. So I've been reading a lot of prosperity books again. I love, love, love rereading books. Particularly if there's ones that I know have meant something to me in the past, I'll reread because I find that I learn and take away something new. And something that struck me of more importance to my thought process and my journey has been getting a connection to the right things in my life, as in kind of seeking out more of what's truth within me rather than what other people think and things like that. And I came back to the thought of literally the thought, my thoughts being my feelings and being my actions. And I actually felt with the Will Smith, what he was saying, there was a kind of key point where he was really striving for some kind of bigger connection with the world. So once he'd worked through, you know, the issues with his father, and I think he got, his father was dying at one point for a kind of, short block of time and again it gave him connection to his dad in a different way and you saw that being echoed in like his marriage his first marriage he had connection but that kind of drifted apart due to who they were becoming and some of his focus his second marriage being quite intense and then the connection they've had to bring in and I really got a sense of there was a great story he talks about Willow his daughter so you might, if you're watching this and you're like our age, Willow, about, was it in the 2000s? She was a pop star for like a, just like a couple of months. Yeah, she felt. still does yeah, she music, still does, but, but she, was, she was young. She was like eight or nine. Star, yep. And she had a, a single out called Whip Your Hair, right? So Will describes it as like, it was a global smash, right? She was on tour with Justin Bieber. And he tells a story of that she was on set in Ireland. They'd planned to then do Australia and different other continents. And she was on stage doing her thing. Everyone was loving it. She came off stage and she went, oh, I'm done. And Will Smith basically says, no, you're not done. You're done for tonight. You're done for tonight. There's two, you know, you've said to Mr. Jay-Z that you're going to do Asia and Australia. No, we'll have a rest, but there's still more to do. And she's like, doesn't it matter to you that I'm done? And for him he had this kind of like thunderbolt moment where he really saw her 
and rather than his normal work ethic was you've signed up you've committed you see it through regardless of how you feel you're going to honor that he realized that really his daughter was saying do you not care how about you know what I feel in this situation is it all just about you do what you say you would do and I think they went home isn't it and then the next day she came down the stairs and she shaved her head so her thing being whipping her hair she had these braids that were incredible she'd shaved her <laughs> no chance of whipping your hair and again he really got it home that actually it was more important for him and his family that you validate each other I took that huge on board that I think sometimes I can feel like people don't feel my emotions or they're not worthy or they're not recognized and I think I'm moving to the stage where I'm also being okay having emotions and feelings but also knowing that I'm driving how I feel as well about a situation and whether I want to do something or not that's okay but equally I need to make sure that the feelings I'm having are actually my true feelings about how I feel and not being influenced by other thoughts in my head. Yeah, you had a whole conversation about feelings and the fact that everything we do mm. is driven by feelings. And when he was talking about that he didn't really factor in people's feelings, it was more about what needed to be done, done. Yeah, and the what actions. the next focus was. Mm -hmm. That was actually him having feelings about his feelings. Mm. So yeah. it's... It's interesting that he focused and learned that the entire world spins mm. on how people feel, whether they're happy yep. or sad, angry, whatever it happens to be. Everyone is driven entirely by their feelings mm -hmm. and their feelings are the only thing that's important. Absolutely, absolutely. And when he came to that realization, it allowed him to see things differently. It allowed him to interact with people a bit differently and to have a different focus on things. Mm. So then he could give people a different experience and a better experience moving forward. And obviously the challenge with that is you can go sometimes too far the other way mm -hmm. where yep. you're trying so hard to give someone the best possible experience and make their feelings so positive, but you can actually then go against maybe what you're looking for. So if yep. you decide that you want your children to feel as happy as can be mm. then sometimes you can do too much for yes, them yeah. which means that they don't learn some of the lessons that they need to in life and then you're setting yourself up for them not being everything that they could be moving forward mm. you almost need to balance looking after feelings but also allowing people to manage a bit of hardship as well in order to get the great balance and that's something i think that as parents and as individuals we're always challenged with trying to get it right. And mm. I don't think anybody gets it entirely right. No, you no. want to do the right thing for people. You want to make their feelings as comfortable as possible. But sometimes you can't deal with those feelings or satisfy those feelings without going too far the other way and not letting people have the life and experience that they need in order to learn their lessons to move forward. Because you're not always going to be there yep. to pick yep. up the pieces and to tidy up those feelings and to make everything okay. Yep, absolutely. That brings us on to the final point, and I really love this one. Um, he basically gave a nugget of wisdom from his granny, didn't he, about how the world works. And yeah, so his gran always had a saying to him, which was more religious-based, but he's now converted into his own version of it that seemed to make sense. And the insight was to act when the universe is open mm. and to rest when she's closed. Yep. <laughs> and the point of that is to, when you're trying to do things, when you're trying to move forward with things, you're trying to progress your life, you're trying to help those around you, don't fight against the friction. Mm. That can be the world sometimes when 
sometimes you're better off maybe just sitting back and waiting for the right time. So you've had challenges in the past where you've wanted to write a book. Yep. And yep. it's been an uphill battle. So rather than sit there and keep fighting, and other people that have written have also found they've had writer's block. Mm -hmm. You can either try to battle your way through it, which will be demotivating, challenging, and you might not get anything out of it. Mm. Or you can wait until you find that the universe is on your side. It's open yep. Yep. and responsive. So um, the analogy I think of is nothing. nothing's easy mm. or nothing that you're working towards should feel easy, but it should feel like you're walking up a set of stairs. So you walk up a set of stairs, that's work in itself. So that's a challenge. So it doesn't come for free, doesn't come easy. Sometimes the universe will be really aligned and then it feels like you're walking up an escalator. <laughs> yeah. So you're still walking, you've still got the work going on, you've still got the effort, but you're also going at lightning speed. Everything's just really aligned. But sometimes it'll feel like you're walking up an escalator going the wrong way. Mm. And those are the times when maybe you just need to step off and just rest and just recoup and get yourself set for the next time that everything feels like it's open and responsive mm, and ready yep, for you. Yep. Fighting a losing battle is is something that sometimes we can force ourselves to do because we feel it's the right thing and it's, mm. it's for us and we should be doing it. And it's not that it isn't necessarily, but maybe the time isn't right. Mm. And I think the hardest part of that whole thought process is just because something's difficult doesn't mean the universe is closed. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Like things do require work, but it's actually exploring things and understanding when it's not just the friction of the task that is, is there in place, mm. but actually that just everything's not quite aligned for it mm. as well. Yes, yeah. And that's one of the harder things that I found to identify. Is it just hard work? Or is it that it's hard work and I'm not ready for it? Mm, yeah. And I think what I've learned on my own journey is actually when you say, and we talk about miracles rather than just goals, so things that would be really quite incredible, there's going to be uncomfortable bits because actually it's those emotions and feelings that are deep down within you that you're trying to, there's, there's some improvement to be made. So for example, let's say um, with weight loss. So I like to go to the gym a certain number of days, but if I compare going to the gym now with how I felt a couple of years ago I'm light years ahead you know before it used to be maybe going to the gym once a week whereas now actually it's more like five times a week quite happily but at the time somebody telling me go to five days a week that would have been oh I can't possibly do that but you weren't in the right mind space. You didn't have the right... But there right... was things within me about, okay, is it a commitment thing? Is it a thinking it's too hard? Will I not enjoy it? So what has changed is like my physical body is still the same. I'm still able to, I am able to do it, but it was the niggles within me that I had to overcome and actually prove to myself that I could do it and, you know, see things a different way. And I, I think when you set a miracle or a goal, what happens is that you do have the moments that are aligned problems. These are meant to be things that are just smoothing out what's going to help you achieve things easier in future. Because like, for example, you know, I talked about, I was a cheerleading coach years ago. One of the things, the toughest bits to deal with was people just, you know, stirring up trouble or just being a bit nasty or, you know, just being a bit not friendly. But if I hadn't experienced that back then and learned that was part of the cycle of how people deal with competitive natures and people are always intimidated and things like that, then the line of work I do now, where I kind of have the whole world that can give for and against, you know, anyone could give an opinion, good or bad. I've been 
prepped. I've been ready and go, well, this is just part and parcel of you do anything creative, people are going to like it, people are going to hate it. So, you know, if I hadn't had that foundation and getting over that bump, I wouldn't have been able to do what I do now um, a little bit easier. Then, as you mentioned with the gym thing, the work that you do in the gym is the same now as it would have been a mm, couple of years yep, ago. Yep. So the effort is still there. It's not like you suddenly got really strong or really no. capable. <laughs> it just is that your mindset is different and it mm. feels like you're running with a tailwind rather than a headwind. Yes, exactly. So because yep. of that, then the process means it feels like the universe is open. It's mm. aligned to help you mm. to achieve your goals, but you've still got to show up. Mm. And that's, yep. that's the yep. important part. You're ready to get things for free. Yep. There's definitely work to be done, but you align yourself to when the universe is open and you'll find that it's a lot easier. So I hope you've really enjoyed today's episode. As I say, we really enjoyed reading and actually getting to see Will Smith. And I felt it was it was a great book, a great memoir to learn some very practical prosperity habits and mindsets that we could all adopt if you have enjoyed today's video especially there's actually a back catalogue we've got over 70 podcast episodes all to do with prosperity and mindset you can find us on spotify and itunes and wherever you like to listen you can also watch a couple of months as video podcasts on the mama for for channel and something extra special at the end of this episode we're actually going to be filming a q a session very soon that's going to go out before christmas if you have a question for us at all that you'd love us to answer in that Q&A. We'll cover anything at all, money, finances, entrepreneurship, mindset, whatever. Leave us a comment, your question after this video. So especially go to the Mama Furfur channel if you do want to ask us a question for that podcast. But thank you so much for watching and listening today. We'll speak to you very soon.